Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They have won the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. Straight into the hands of the man on the mid-wicket boundary. Another one down. Hello and welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast, and we've done it. The Women's Ashes is complete. It has been a belter of a series, and we're just going to be bringing you a a debrief of the ODI today, and then in a few days' time, we're going to be doing an overview of this entire Ashes series, because there is too much to talk about. I'm Melissa Story. Joining me today is Nikki Chowdhury. Hello, how are you? I'm I'm very good, thank you. I'm... Sat in my hotel in Taunton with the smallest light piercing through my eyes and it simply looks like I'm either being interrogated or I'm about to jump up in a a kind of horror scene. You know, when the pale-faced creepy doll creeps up, I kind of look like the pale-faced creepy doll. I was going to ask if there's been a power cut in Taunton, but yeah. It's almost like I'm in candlelight really and typing away on my typewriter. No, it's been a, a cracking day. I'm in such high spirits. My voice is sore, but... I'm absolutely delighted, actually. I'm delighted for England. I think they deserved to draw this series, but I'm delighted that Australia are keeping the Ashes urn because I think ultimately they, they, you know, they deserve to bring it back. I should also add that we're going to be joined as well by Matt Griffiths, our producer, and a little bit later we'll also have Simon Hughes jumping in for a bit of a chat as well. But the whole gang's here today. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Melissa. Always great to be on. What a fantastic day of cricket. Let's jump straight into it. So, looking from the start, let's break it down from the start. Australia winning the toss. They elected to bowl first on what looked like a a cracking wicket. 
at Taunton. There was a little bit of green on top, a bit of clouds around, so that may explain the decision. And a lot of the focus was originally on this opening partnership. Now, we have talked about this opening partnership for ages now, particularly about the the presence of Sophia Dunkley. So we're not going to be going into that one again. But there was two failures at the top of the order for for Dunkley and Beaumont, who just put on six runs between them. But then, Nikki, the daddy of all partnerships, 147 between Heaven Knight and Nat Brunt. Wow. Wow is just the only word I can say. And like Nat Brunt has just done it again. She's just proving what a class player she is. Like, she and did you see when she got a hundred? I swear she hadn't even broke a sweat. She just looked so calm and relaxed, as though it was just like she only got to thirty or something. But she just did it with so much ease. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those ones where when England were at at one stage twelve for two, which is funny enough what Australia were in their second innings. There were some wonderful parallels being drawn. We knew that this needed to be a big partnership from from them and. Nats of a brunch, she's made 400s against Australia. This is the first one where she's made it in a, in a win for England. Just, I mean, that must have meant the absolute world to her. It must have. It's just how she did it. I think having Heather Knight on the other end and obviously made it a little bit easier for her as well, having the experience of Knight, you could tell that obviously they've spent a lot of time out on the middle together themselves. So it didn't really seem at a point that Australia were on top of them during that partnership which was actually really good to see and um that's Eva Brunt really just coming out and playing 360 which was fantastic and you could tell that there was a point when Australia were thinking how they can go about containing her and my favorite part of that partnership was actually the ending of it because Heather Knight well she went out with a bang she'd smacked a big six earlier on and she just essentially charged down the wicket to an Alana King delivery almost swung herself off her feet and it was like watching the England's captain England's great suddenly transform into your average Sunday cricketer where she was like actually it's time to get to the bar I'm gonna miss a straight one I'm surprised cricket district haven't put anything up yet <laughs> uh, yeah very much so village moments of the week heaven night's dismissal but it was entertaining and actually it brought another failure from from Alice Capsey again a dismissal where she's caught at deep mid wicket caught at cow uh, there may be a few question marks around her inclusion in the one day squad and actually yes it's good to have some people who bosh the ball but 50 overs is a lot longer than 20 overs 100% agree with you because Capsey went at 36 overs and I think still there was a lot of time left in the game and she is a great player when she can get going right we've all seen it we know it but also there's a type of dismissal I think there's a type of dismissal as you mentioned the other day with Alex um, on comms where she was grading them as one two three but that was in terms of catches right Melissa Um, but I think in terms of the dismissal of Capsi um, in today's game probably wasn't a shot that needed to have been played at that moment there was still a lot of time for her to go and build her innings and then potentially go for that easing shot where she lift the pressure because Nat had done that at that point there was not much pressure on England in that situation at that point so when she came in all she needed to do was just take the one and give Nat strike I completely agree with you and when on the T20 that I covered with you Melissa at Lords, we saw Capsi and Siva Brunt batting together in a really strong partnership where there was actually less time left in the, the innings yet they seemed Capsi seemed so much more assured and it actually did take her time to build her innings. She had a couple of dot balls before she hit her first boundary. And yet 
in this game where she effectively came in straight after the power play of the T20 game, there were 14 overs to go. She didn't give herself a chance and looked really, really scratchy, almost rushed at the crease, despite the fact there was a lot of time left in the game. Do you think that's as a result of the players being exposed to so much T20 cricket as well? The, obviously, the amount of ODIs they play is less and you'll see Capsie playing a lot more T20 cricket. So do you think that is the sort of mindset that's now just got ingrained, that they feel like they need to be on the rush, on the go constantly, rather than learn how to like build an innings, take their time and then accelerate and press the pedal when the time is right? Well, I think it's, a, it's it's almost a similar story in in the men's game right now, I, I, in some ways, that in that post-Owen Morgan era when Joss Butler just became captain, it seemed like England lost a bit of their identity about what had made them such a good 50-over team because all of their players hadn't been playing 50-over cricket domestically and they were just going, it's fine, you know, it's, it's two and a bit T20s, we'll just keep playing how we play in T20s and it'll be fine. And England got bowled out for some really inadequate totals, the England men did. So I think Capsie's still probably in that mindset of, it's fine, it's still white ball cricket, I can go out and hit it. But no, you've got a lot of time, you've got Nat Siverbrunt, one of the most informed batters in the world right now at the other end. You have time to get yourself in because everyone knows what Capsie can do when she gives herself a bit of time but for me I, I feel like she's she's throwing away her wicket cheaply and it's disappointing it is disappointing but I also think that this is something that we'll we'll see improve with experience we have to remember that this is Capsie's almost second full season in an England shirt so I think she is still so young she has so much cricket to play and so much more development in her own personal game so hopefully you'll see this less well speaking of experience this situation was perfect for when Danny White came in because when we were on, we were on Comsey, we presented a you know a for and against Danny White at the top of the order was yes she can get you off to a quick start in the power play make the most of it she's great at running between the wickets and she seems to have a positive influence on the batter at the other end as well so there's that for her opening but then also if she comes in in the middle order in a situation like this where England have time wickets in hand and someone well set at the other end now that's a very small criteria you have to fit in for Danny White to be able to play innings like she did today she scored 43 off 25 because she had that license she had that freedom she hasn't had that at the Aegeus Bowl of Bristol and that's probably the reason she's got some cheaper innings because there was so much pressure on her to score quickly but with no foundation to really go off but today she came out she brought the attack to the Aussies four fours two sixes in that innings striking at 172. I think that goes back to the discussion we had previously on the other daily, right? If the top order delivered as they should have been, then obviously the burden on the rest of the team obviously decreases. So they can go about their own game as freely as they want and play um, and hopefully build that innings and a decent score for England and they don't have to carry all of that with them. Absolutely. Uh, let's have a quick chat. Ash Gardner, who was named the Australian player of the series. She picked up three in this game. She's filled the England players' hearts, I, I sense, with fear. You know, she's this kind of monster in the corner, which every time they sneak into the room, England are terrified. They don't know what to do. It looks like they just want to scream and run. Why has she just been so all over England this series? And this game, again, it's a recurring theme. I think, obviously, she's been very consistent with her lines and lengths. And she's also, we've noticed that she's been playing around with the speed she's bowling at. She's never allowed the batter to just get set and get used to the pace. And I think when you allow the batter to do that, obviously it becomes much easier for them. And we've seen it throughout her spell that she's been 
bowling the odd quicker one slowing it down a little bit and also the angle she's been coming in at you've never really been able to get set against ash gardner the hallmark of all great spinners is that accuracy you know shane warne was so accurate when he was bowling with um his leg spin and his great he was almost like say, he constricted batters to death and i feel that ash gardner does the same she has that incredible accuracy with her line and length but yet changes the flight changes the trajectory changes the speed of delivery and as you say nikki changes the angle on the crease and it's that very variation yet maintained pressure is what's so key and forces mistakes in the england batters well that brings us to a question we were sent at storylines pod on twitter or instagram if you want to ever get your questions in for not these ashes dailies anymore because unfortunately they are over but our fortnightly episodes we love to hear from all of our listeners one we got from armchair critic but critic spelt wrong i like it let's go for it it's niche they've sent in the question saying can this team perform in spinning tracks or i'm going to expand that to Sri Lanka are touring England in September. They have a team packed full of spinners. You know, some games they only play one seamer. How are England going to deal with that? And how are they going to deal with their tour to India later this year? I think I heard you have this discussion with um, Emily on comms earlier, um, Melissa, in terms of it would be nice to see England use the talent on the bench in terms of Maya Bouchier, Izzy Wong, um, get Lauren Filer in as well and get them to have that experience. Obviously, Sri Lanka probably not, we know, not as strong as Australia. So it's going to give them a good opportunity to have that international experience, more time at the wicket. And then looking ahead at the series against India in India, which is going to be a tough one. I think it gives England a good amount of opportunity to actually then pick from a larger pool. And it's it's in the sense that, you know, Sri Lanka have just beaten New Zealand in, in the series. They're playing against them. So they're, as you say, they don't want it to feel like England's putting in a B team. But, you know, if some of the more experienced players need a rest, if the likes of, of Kate Cross or even Lauren Bell with the workload she's had, as you say, get Lauren Filer in there for a game. Give her a bit of exposure to playing in front of crowds a bit more often. And just say to the England batters for me, it's a case of where are your strengths against spin? You know, are you a player who hits down the ground well? Are you a sweeper? Danny Wyatt used to just tend to be she'd hit the ball down the ground or she'd go over extra cover. In these last two years, she's brought the sweep into her game because spinners were just targeting her pads, firing it in, and she had no answer to it. But now she's developed that extra element to the game. So I think for England, it's a case of why are we getting bogged down? One of the main reasons and something we've all talked about on our lovely little WhatsApp group is England don't push for, for twos well enough. They've not been almost, you know, agile enough against the spinners and it's why you get to periods in the game today where England scored 10 runs or five overs you can't afford to do that in a, in a one-day game let alone you know a similar kind of situation in a t20 and if they want to become the best team in the world which is another question we've got in they're gonna have to be better against spin With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But let's move on. We've got to get to the the Australian run chase here. It it started off in a similar fashion, as I said, to England's Australia with 15 for two. It wasn't quite the same with cross bowling Healy with an absolute corker and Phoebe Litchfield going for another beautiful beautiful delivery from from Lauren Bell, which was caught very well by by Sophie Eccleston. So it was the perfect start for England. But then you had a, a bit of a partnership grow between Perry who ended, ended the, the innings on 53. McGrath, who chipped in with 26. Uh, Beth Mooney, 16. There was for a period there where things looked a bit worrying for England. It certainly was looking worrying for England when the scary trifecta of Perry, McGrath and Mooney were in uh, the Australian sort of upper middle order. Two good partnerships there. And once again, I was getting nervous in, my, in the way that I always do when I watch Australia bat against England and you just think... I've never seen any of them get out ever. They just keep batting. And I can imagine your nerves skyrocketed when Ash Gardner came in and played a similar role to Danny Wyatt. She got 41 off 24 in the end. Three fours, two sixes this time. And it just felt like for England, you know, the, the wheels were coming off and they were almost sliding into that defeat of Australia winning the Ashes until the run-out changed the trajectory of the game. It was Gary Pratt all over again, but not a substitute fielder. It was Danny White in the deep, who's an amazing outfielder, was being cheered on by the taunting crowd all day, executed, which was probably the turning point of the game. I think that highlights something that Simon's spoken about as the analyst, talking about the athleticism difference between the Australian fielders and the England fielders. And Danny Wyatt showed how a great piece of athletic fielding can actually crack a game wide open. I mean, Wyatt's definitely the exception. She's been, at some points in her England career, especially early on, it felt like time she was being played as a fielder. But, you know, she's always set the standard for this team. And I think you've seen the likes of Dunkley's got a lot better in the field because she's learning from her. But I think it goes to show, you know, we've spoken a lot about the the drop catches this series. We could go go on about it for for ages and ages. But, you know, fielding changes games. It's it's cliche to say, but it does. I was just going to say, you know the power of a run out as well, especially run outs can change games and a good piece of fielding can. And obviously that one was pretty incredible garden was set as well we know that she was uh, 41 of 24 danny white's great in the field it's really good for england and they are very lucky to have someone like her as an athletic in the field do you feel that it was a, an innings of two halves it was very difficult for the aussies to carry that momentum that they had before the rain break mooney and perry were looking distinctly ominous as they brought the hundred up just before and just going off and then having to start again kate crossbowled the second over after the rain delay and went and took two wickets and I thought that, that was a real turning point in the game Perry Perry and Mooney both got out to quite soft dismissals I thought as you previously highlighted Simon the fielding's been a sort of a difference in the sides historically what did you think of the fielding performances today well I thought it was um borne out actually by that substitute hitting the stumps you know she's on for like a couple of balls and direct hit and and, and scored a run out for Australia so I think it it just epitomises the fact that, you know, without sounding to be too harsh on England, I think the Australians look more athletic. And 
you know, some of the English fielders are really good. Uh, you, you know, Nikki mentioned Danny Wyatt there. Obviously, she's outstanding. Uh, there are two or three others. There, there have been a lot of catches dropped by England during the series. I think actually it goes down to, if I kind of compare it to the men's game, um, core strength and just building up, the, you know, to be able to be a really good fielder, obviously you need to be quite athletic, but also you need good core strength to get low and have the strength to, to to be able to dive forward and, you know, clasp the ball and keep it above the ground and, you know, react quickly to, to opportunities. And I just think that that is something that, 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 that at the moment they're lacking. How do they get better? Well, I actually think that playing other sports for, for girls would be good. And I'm sure many of them do, but I would highly recommend, you know, playing football, playing tennis, even rugby, maybe, uh, because you just build up different muscles and different agilities from playing other sports. And that's why the likes of, I mean, if I, if I go to the elite players, people like A.B. de Villiers, uh, Joss Butler, even Joe Root, play, players like that, um, that, Ben Stokes, you know, played a lot of rugby. Um, you know, they just have that um, agility in the in the outfield. They can field anywhere. And it's an extra wicket. It's an extra bowler if you've got that that skill. So I think that's one area that that England need to work on. And just also, I mean, just looking at their general out cricket, they do need someone at the death because in that World T Twenty when Catherine Brunt was still playing and she got you know whacked at the end of the, uh, the semi final and obviously England lost and they haven't really replaced. And she was she was good at the death, you know, a few years ago, but they haven't really replaced her yet. I think Lauren Bell has some of the attributes because she can bowl slower balls, but obviously she got hit for 26 in that uh, previous game at the GS Bowl off the last over. So they haven't yet quite got that death kind of component. And, uh, you know, over the next couple of months, they need to experiment with that, I think, and find somebody somebody else who can bowl quick, potentially Lauren Filer, maybe, you know, if they can groom her into playing ODIs and find a role for her at the end of the innings, because the Aussies show down the order, they had, you know, batters eight, nine, and 10 who could still clear the ropes. And England didn't really have the bowlers who could deny them. So, you know, just being a bit hypercritical, but, you know, if they want to pitch themselves to the highest standards, then those are two areas I think that they really need to focus on. I know you just gave the example of having someone to do that Catherine Siver Brunt sort of role, but do you not think that probably comes a lot from more from the experience also that she's had, like a Lauren Bell or a Lauren Filer, very new to the scene? And in the previous game, we saw how Lauren Bell's final over went for quite a bit, and probably more so because she lacked the experience and she was bowling in the slot more so to the Australian batters. Perhaps with the experience of a Catherine Siver Brunt, how do you? translate that into someone who's new and still reap the same results it's a good question i I would say you know two things i mean one is obviously there's no substitute for experience and so therefore the hundred will be valuable experience for the likes of lauren bell Uh, also just watch the game watch the men's game watch other women's games take take it all in and i think you can learn quickly actually from just studying the game getting immersed in it seeing how other bowlers do it uh Obviously, you you also need to have a little bit of composure, which actually I think Lauren Bell. I, I I read somewhere, I heard somewhere that she was in tears at the end of that 
that game when she went for 26. I mean, that's obviously upsetting. And I, I hope that she, you know, doesn't, that doesn't happen again because, you know, I played in finals and bowled last overs and we lost. And, you know, you do blame yourself, but in the end, it's a team thing. And the teammates will all come round and say, look, it's not your fault. You you had to take that responsibility for that final over. It didn't work out, but that could have happened to anyone. Uh, so I hope she doesn't take that too personally and, and be more kind of composed uh, next time because it can go wrong and it's not necessarily your fault. So I think you kind of almost be, try and be quite balanced about it. And again, you can learn from just seeing how other people deal with it. Take your time. You know, the, the, the way that... Uh, Owen Morgan was brilliant in that uh, World Cup final because he, when that uh, Jofra Archer, you know, very inexperienced, was bowling that final over in the Super over, you know, he just went over to him and actually the captain, and this is where the captain can help, and maybe uh, Lauren Bell's on her own a bit on that over at the Aegeus Bowl, you know, the captain can come over as Owen Morgan used to, holding the ball and just say, look, you know, it's all it's all okay, calm down, don't worry. Be clear what you're going to bowl. Just and he he didn't hand the ball to the bowler until he'd finished saying his bit mm. and listening to the bowler speaking back. And then he said, "Right, okay, let's go." And just a little bit of that kind of countenance from the from the captain as well can help calm that bowler. But again, it's as you probably said at the start there, Nikki. Uh, you know, partly it's experience. Yeah, and I think also it's important that as a fielding side, that you can slow the game down into your control. Especially there's a point when obviously Australia hitting boundaries and the run rates creeping up. At that point, England needs to just take a step back, take that deep breath and just slow it down, bring it back under their control rather than just kind of chase away in the momentum Australia want to take the rest of the innings. It was very reminiscent, as you say, Simon, the lack of captain input on Lauren Bell in that previous game where she got hit for 26 in the final over. And I couldn't help see the parallels between her and Ben Stokes in the 2016 World Cup final where she was charging in and she would every every ball after she'd been hit for a boundary, she looked like she was running in faster and running in faster. And Ben Stokes has previously on interview talked about having fast bowler face in that moment where he, you know, it's sort of like he couldn't think clearly. He just went in pop fast bowler face and he just tried to bowl as quick as he can. And she could you could see Lauren Bell was like, I'm going to bowl my slower balls. I'm going to try and rip them out the back of my hand as hard as I could. And it looked like she just sort of lost that clear, critical yeah. thought where you need I mean, to be that, absolutely like ice cold in that moment to execute your skill. Very, very good point. And and actually, bowling again. This is something Lauren Bell may discover uh, subsequently. But the, the, often with fast bowling, the harder you try, the worse it comes out. In fact, I've just written a piece about Mark Wood, um, you know, and how he obviously bowled those ninety-five now now rockets at Headingley, and that actually it's often on the days when you're not trying too hard when it comes out the best. And when you try like hell to run in, charge in, you think, right, it's going to be my day. And you're charging to the wicket. The ball comes out like a wet fart and it's, it's horrible experience. So um, it, it is about learning your own sort of body and how your body reacts to different situations and how to get the best out of your, your body as well. And, undoubtedly captains can recognize that and just slow everything down you know so so that there's a, there's a more controllable tempo and in a way that that happens with batting as well i feel sometimes with someone like alice capsey that 
when she's in in the middle, and, and my daughter, who Nancy, who played with her a bit in the England uh, academy, at sort of uh, under sixteens, she remembers uh, Alice Capsey saying, oh, I, "I just want to play for England." Age fourteen, I'm going to go and play for England, and she is playing for England, and deservedly so. But it's almost like sometimes you look at her and she feels the pressure to deliver, and I've got it. You know, I've got this reputation for hitting big sixes. Uh, no, you know, you've got um, Natalie Silverbrand at the other end. Just, just play for her for a bit. Get yourself in. Kumar Sangakara used to say sometimes, uh, you know, a guy as great a player as him, he would say, "I just want to when I come into bat, I just want to get down the other end for a bit and sort of sample the atmosphere, get used to the light, get used to the pitch, get used to the bowlers, and and absorb all that information, and then you can gradually start getting into your innings. But if you try everything too fast." It's often going to go wrong. Yes, definitely. I think what England really do need is someone with the ball who's going to say, right, I want to bowl that final over. I think to have that confidence in themselves and to be able to execute the skills at the level required, I think they are kind of shy on that. And obviously, um, as you've mentioned, it's going to be something that they need to test out before they head to India later this year. Well, overall, I think it's been an absolutely fantastic series. We've seen some great cricket that quality on show has just been absolutely phenomenal and it's been going down to nail-biting finishes as well um i'm still deliberating though the way the points have been shared out because it's crazy to think how england have won the t20 series they've won the odi series yet they have not won the ashes australia have retained it simon what are your thoughts on the series overall i think that england have played superbly and they've matched australia australia have the advantage of more professionals and a better professional structure uh, and they've had that for five years. But England matched them pretty much woman for woman, uh, if you like. And I, I've, been, I've been so excited. I mean, obviously, the uh, the crowds have been fantastic. The, the fair on offer has been outstanding. Funnily enough, tonight, I've just been watching a Sky documentary about the history of women's cricket. And looking back to the 90s when, they, you know, you were wearing skirts and long, long white socks and all that. And now, just looking at it now, it's it's a completely different sport. And I, I think it's I think, you know, they've done brilliantly, but that doesn't mean they can't improve a bit more. And I, I, I congratulate them for for all of the, their achievements so far. And I just hope they continue to improve. Bring on the next series down under. Nikki, we're going to have your number. We're going to hopefully be doing daily podcast on a glorious English victory to finally end the Australian dominance that we've had to part with the last few years and I can't wait to rub your face in it when it happens <laughs> no hard feelings there Matt don't worry <laughs> thank you for listening to Storylines the women's cricket podcast and our entire Washes dailies they've been so much fun to record we've absolutely loved doing them and the franticness of trying to sneak Nikki into the oval when she's four gins deep or getting Matt into the Lord's Media Centre we've achieved some brilliant things thank you so much for your questions we wish we could have answered them all but as I say it's been it's been crazy but it's been so much fun make sure you keep tuning in for our fortnightly episodes we've got some really interesting topics coming your way and as always get in touch at storylines pod on twitter or instagram leave us a review leave us feedback and keep sharing the podcast thanks so much for listening sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.